The reason people will tell me, you know, I'm not motivated. How do I get motivated? I don't believe that for a minute. Nobody I talk to is lazy. I mean, are you kidding? Look at all the things we juggle and do, especially any woman today. But what I think we do is we lose our motivation because we're not sure of the routine or the plan or maybe don't have one. So we can't connect from where we are to where we want to be and say, if I do this, I'm going closer to where I want to be. So get a plan or a coach that you trust and you can believe in and then commit to it. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. You know, a big part of my daily self-care is moving my body. Even when I was feeling my worst, when I didn't have energy to spare, Moving my body was the one piece of self-care that I was giving myself because it's been one of the things that I've relished so much about taking care of my body. And even today, in the midst of this crazy, amazing, exciting book launch where we are working more hours than I can even calculate at this point, I am walking outside of my house on this beautiful hill that I live on a couple times a day, and it just feels so good to move my body. I also do have a home gym built into my garage where we can go and do 20, 30-minute workouts really quickly in the during the day so that we are getting it in. Exercise has always been a big part of my lifestyle and a big part of my life, and I feel like it was it will continue to be that for many, many years to come. Now, the benefit of exercise is endless. We know that. From helping our bodies to detoxify, to supporting our lymphatics, to reducing stress levels, exercise is great for mood, cardiovascular systems, metabolic systems, and don't even get me started on the benefits for hormone support. Now, today's guest, Deborah Atkinson, who is a dear friend of mine, is on the same page as me, and it is her mission to get women in perimenopause and menopause to move their body in a way that is not only fun, but also gets the results that they want. So we're going to be talking about exercise flips that you can use to master your metabolism before, during, and long after menopause. See, Deborah understands exactly how to create an exercise plan that supports hormone changes, and she is going to be dropping that knowledge today along with some common unintentional exercise mistakes that can sabotage our results. Now, I raise my hand because I have been there. I want to say it was about two years ago, and by the way, if you didn't know, I'm in perimenopause, but two years ago, I joined a gym and I wanted to go full out. I was, well, let's be honest, I'm not always competitive, but I can definitely get there. And I was working out at this gym called Orange Theory. I don't know if you've heard of it before. And there was a lot of younger women in the room. And I just wanted to, you know, show up and play full out in a lot of ways. And I was definitely one of the fastest, one of the hardest working workout people in that class. But over several months, I want to say over the course of like four to five months, I found that those workouts were too much for me. They were burning me out. They were actually causing me to have, they were, I was reverting back to having chronic stress and I knew the symptoms and I was like, okay, what is it in my life that's causing this? And sure enough, I was sabotaging my hormones and my body 
by working too hard. And so often as we move into the stage of perimenopause and menopause, weight changes are happening, hormone fluctuations are happening. And a lot of us, especially women who are very driven, are like, okay, well, I will just do one extra spin class, or I will just do more CrossFit, or I'll just go do more burpees, or, you know, really kick serious booty inside of the Orange Theory class like I was doing. And then find themselves just having this crazy stress response, getting chronically exhausted, and it's just not going to get the results. I will say that in those several months, five months or so that I was working out that hard, I did not budge one pound, like not one. And it wasn't really the intention to lose weight, although I'm always I'm always down to get more tone. And that was really the intention there was to tone up. But because I was just burning myself out, I was making no headway there. So that's what I feel like we're going to be talking about today is a little bit of that as well, because I find so many women fall into that trap, just like I have over the years. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But before Deborah shares her prescription for the best exercise and movement for our bodies, did you know that you can take advantage of two episodes of the Essentially You podcast per week? That is right. Tuesdays and Fridays, I am dropping a new episode focused on women's health care. Now, as you know, I created this podcast to give women more insight about their bodies and provide an explanation for why they aren't feeling like themselves and are not sure what's going on. I don't know about you, but I feel like we deserve answers, and that is what I'm here for. So recently, I had the opportunity to survey about 9,000 plus women and ask them to prioritize their biggest health concerns because I'm always very interested in what what is it that you want to work on? What is it that's the most pressing thing for you? And these top three concerns came up over and over and over again. Like thousands of women of these 9,000 women reported these top three things. Number one, not being able to lose stubborn weight plus having unrelenting cravings that just come out of nowhere. Number two was feeling exhausted and overwhelmed practically every day and in one aspect of their life, mostly work and then coming home. And then number three was experiencing brain fog and just, just not having a lot of clarity and productivity during the day because they were not getting enough sleep. That, those were the big things. Now, I have a feeling that you too may have experienced or are experiencing some of these concerns and can't seem to figure out what is going on. I also have a feeling that you are busy. You're probably listening to this podcast right now on your way to work, at the gym, running errands. If you're like me, it's it's usually one of those things. And if anything, and I know this was for me, you want more, just more clarity and confidence that there are real solutions that will finally work without harmful side effects. I know that was me. And even if you've tried a lot of things over the years and they haven't worked, well, that is exactly what this podcast is about. That's exactly why I bring women like Deborah to the table to break down, well, what's really going on with our metabolism? Why aren't we able to lose this crazy weight that just came on out of nowhere? What kind of exercises are going to get the job done for us? And as you know, I was in this exact situation several years ago, you know, for most of my late 20s and early 30s, my body was trying to tell me something and I did a terrible job of listening at first. For years, I was experiencing migraines, painful periods, bloating, I was tired when I woke up and I was carrying around over-the-counter meds in my purse for headaches and neck pain, which has always been an issue for me. 
And you know what, as I started on this journey towards healing, I began to realize that millions of women were dealing with similar issues and it was not their fault, just like it's not your fault. Now I know how it feels to not have the answers and to feel dismissed or even to be told like I was that you're just gonna have to live with these issues. But I refuse to accept that answer, mainly because I know it's not true. I have seen it not be true over the years. And no one else has the right to write your story for you. You know, my healing journey wasn't easy, but it was totally worth it. And I learned so much that opened the door to serving thousands of women over the years with what I created as my three-part hormone solution. So if you suddenly can't lose weight or you're waking up feeling like you didn't sleep at all and seeing doctors and leaving frustrated because no one seems to have an answer for you, right? Well, there is a reason for this. And this is exactly why I put my researcher hat on several years ago to figure out a trifecta for helping to get our bodies back on track. And this trifecta is exactly what's in my new book. As you guys know, it's coming out so soon, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. And I'm super excited because I'm going to be sharing it as well in this really beautiful three-part hormone masterclass series that I have created for you. Now, I spent most of the summer creating this hormone masterclass series, and now it's here. And best of all, it's completely free, and it's beautifully put together. I know you're going to love it. So I am excited. Not only am I excited to, to get the book out there, but I'm equally excited about this hormone masterclass because it contains instant wins that you can begin to experience immediately. And that's what I love so much. I love to be able to open the door to those instant wins. So how this hormone class is gonna work is it's gonna be available for a limited time. So I do want you, if you're interested in attending, learning a little bit more about these wins in my hormone trifecta, I want you to grab your spot by just registering at drmarisa.com. That is D-R-M-A-R-I-Z.com slash M, so M as in Mary, C as in class. So drmarisa.com slash MC. The registration link will be in the show notes. It'll also be on the website. And I hope that you will join me for this wonderful event. I am so excited for you to experience immediate changes in your body, including more energy and deep restful sleep. You will also learn about that hormone system that I was talking about and how to use it as a powerful tool to get your hormones, your body, and your brain back on track. So I can't wait to see you in the masterclass. Well, now that I had an opportunity to tell you a little bit about that and kind of my mission around it, let us jump into this interview with Deborah about the right exercise for women before, during, and after menopause. But before I do that, I want to quickly sing Deborah's praises. Wellness coach and fitness expert Deborah Atkinson has helped over 150,000 women flip their second half of their life with vitality and the energy that they deserve. She's the author of You Still Got It, Girl, the After 50 Fitness Formula for Women, Navigating Fitness After 50, Your GPS for Choosing Programs and Professionals You Can Trust, and Hot Not Bothered, Deborah hosts Flipping 50 TV and the Flipping 50 Podcast. She's a frequent contributor to Huffington Post, Share Care, and other amazing outlets, She has been in fitness for over 34 years, and she is an expert in kinesiology, and she is the creator of the Flipping 50 Specialist Program for Fitness Professionals. 
I cannot wait for you guys to hear all of what Deborah has in store for you. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Deborah Atkinson. Honey, how are you doing today? I'm so good and can't wait to talk to you. Oh my goodness. You are such an inspiration to so many of us, mainly because you have spent the last several years really supporting hundreds of thousands of women to not only lose weight, but feel great, have energy from perimenopause and beyond. And let me tell you, that is my listener for the most part. We are all trying to figure out how to get more energy. We're all trying to figure out how to keep our bodies slim, even though it feels like they're working against us. And this is what you do. And you have figured out a way to really nail it. Not only that, but you you walk the talk, girl. You are not only preaching it, but you're living it because you pretty much have a four or six pack you look amazing. <laughs> you've got those muscles. You've got those sexy arms. And I, I love that because you're able to, I mean, really be an inspiration to so many of us as we're navigating what I consider to be these really murky waters of trying to figure out what is happening with our bodies. What was the impetus for wanting to not only support women like myself, but also to create such great and easy ways to get the, the results that we're looking for? Well, the rapid fire answer is selfishness. (laughs) So, you know, at 49, I turned my life upside down and I was not having night sweats, hot flashes, but you know, under the hood, things are changing. And so I was feeling the stress, you know, the wired and tired more than I was seeing other things. But then if I go back and say, okay, now really it was coming for a long time. I just didn't see it coming. You're learning things and you don't realize it. So I was raised by older parents. I had older, much older brothers and sisters than most of my classmates. And I was always around older people learning how they talked and the music they grew up with. But then as I was about 30 years into fitness, you know, I kept hearing repeatedly from my midlife and older women, nobody gets me. I don't want to work with that young trainer. Who can you put me with? Can I work with you? And I was the director and I was like, no, no, I don't have any more hours. But I knew there was a demand and they were not finding solutions. So I set out to reach more people myself, but my my secondary mission is to help up-level other fitness professionals and teach them how to use flipping 50 methods to help more people. Hmm, Because that is what we're talking about today. And I apologize for not leading with that is that we're talking about exercise flips to master our metabolism during, after, and long after perimenopause and menopause, because this is where your zone of genius comes into play. And like you said, this was a market that probably wasn't feeling like they were being heard or it was being reached. But I would have to say that this is where we really struggle as women is around, I would say, perimenopause and beyond. I would think that a lot of our client base that's coming in are women who are finding that what they used to do isn't working anymore and they need something different. Now, when we're talking about women at that particular age, is there a type of exercise that we should be focusing on? Is there is there the type of exercise that's really going to move the needle for us? How should we be focusing on it? It's a big answer. So bear with me because you're different than 
my perfect workout, my perfect weekly regimen may actually trash your hormones and vice versa. Okay, here's where we start. Here's our guidelines. There's traditional exercise prescription, and we know that hormone balancing exercise is different than that, but we've got different venues we need to go down. So I will say this, if I was going to give you the quick answer, I would take a really good look at at any long endurance exercise you're doing and make sure there's a damn good reason for you doing it. Pardon my French. And if you're not feeling good, that's one of the first things I would take out. Start looking at shorter, both light intensity and high intensity exercise and look at strength training as your new best friend. And tell me a little bit about why that. So what I'm seeing a lot of, we have a lot of people on the cardio wheel. We have a lot of women and particularly in this age group that are, that are running a lot. You know, I, I talk about my mom a lot here on the show. My mom averages about 90 to hundred miles per week, give or take. Um, so she's running a ton. She's mostly doing cardio. And I tell her all of the time, I don't mean to call my mama out, sorry, mom, but that I really want her focusing on strength training and that running for two and a half hours or running for an hour and a half every other day isn't necessarily giving her the results that she's looking for, right? right. When it comes to like, my mom's got phenomenal legs. She's got the the hottest looking calves out there, but then there's are, there, there are some areas where, you know, the running just isn't getting the job done. Right. So one of the things I'm going to say to anybody listening is, first of all, we're not saying if it's not broken, you know, that you should fix it. If what you're doing is working, and by that I mean not just your body parts, you know, going through those parts, because no matter what, we can, women are notorious for finding pieces we don't like. Body bully all day, right? right. (laughs) In the mirror, there she is. You know, but look at how are you sleeping? Yeah, quality sleep. Are you finding you've got a good appetite, not an over appetite, and you know when satiety hits? You have a natural on and off switch for eating and stopping, and that's working well. You're you're able to concentrate, be productive, be creative. You know, if you've got all those things going for you, then you know just plant this seed that if things change. I need to change my plan. But for sure, we are losing muscle mass after the age of 30, no matter what. No matter if you are a regular exerciser, if you are not doing resistance training, we lose muscle mass. You can't outrun it. You can't out Zumba it. You can't, you know, insert your favorite cardio there. You've got to do resistance training to hold on to that. And If you start at 30, you're going to be much better off when you get to 50. But if you haven't started yet when you're 50, the next best time to start is today. And that's true of you at 70, 80, and 90. I want to talk a little bit about, and I agree, today is the day to start moving your booty. But I want to talk, you know, we're talking about specifically hormone balancing exercises and about four, I want to say three Four and three, this has happened multiple times, basically, I'm confessing. And I, you know, when I was in my 20s and in my early 30s, as long as I pushed it, and I mean, I was pushing it, burpees, high intensity training, high level cardio, sprints, doing a lot of that on and off and doing a lot of weights. And that always got the job done. I was able to drop weight. I mean, clearly diet played a role as well. But then I want to say it was 35 was the first time that I experienced this. And I was pushing hard. I was putting on weight and it wasn't very explainable. And what I would love to tell people is I really, perimenopause really came on for me at around 35. Like hormones began to fluctuate. 
And I played a major role in that in my 20s. So it wasn't any surprise. And also my mama started perimenopause at 35. So I remember telling her and she's like, oh yeah, that's what had happened to me. But at that age, I was working out at Orange Theory. And you know, typically Orange Theory is a lot of younger girls and in their 20s, maybe younger than 25. And my goal in that class was to kick all of their butts. <laughs> so I was running the fastest. I was rowing the fastest. I was lifting the hardest in that hour time. And I was, I had a practitioner at the time who was watching this unfold. And about five months into this, I began like after my workouts, you know, I usually worked out before noon, the rest of the day, I was shocked. I had, I had shot my adrenals Mm -hmm. and basically it got to a point where I could not work out for that full hour anymore. I had to cut those workouts in half to 30 minutes because I had completely drained myself. And this is what I see happen so often with women is that they just go to the wall, those crazy spin classes, they they hit hard, maybe they're doing, you know, maybe they're doing orange theory or whatever they're doing. And they have got no energy reserves left, like something is very, very wrong. And by the way, the scale was not moving, Deborah. Like yeah. I couldn't get that skill to move to, for my the life of me. If anything, it was like, let me show you how much you're messing with your body by you get no benefit from this booty kicking that you're giving yourself. So true. You're beating yourself up one of two things, just like you described Miss Competitive over there. Or I was winning, you- girl. I was I winning. Know, right? <laughs> Not, not on my body. It was, it was, I was winning in this class. You were showing down. Right, right. Or the other thing, if you're listening and you find, you know, I don't have the time to do that, or I don't have the time or the energy and I should be doing that. You're also guilting yourself and beating yourself up and sabotaging in that way, even though that's not exactly what you should be doing. So clearly you know, Marisa, I'm preaching to the choir here. Cortisol can either be too high at the wrong time or too low at the wrong time. And you could be doing both of those things through the wrong kind of exercise. So we've got to really be careful about finding a balance. So a little bit of high intensity exercise is good. A lot of it kind of throws you into the wrong zone over here. And your body is going to say, whoa, 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 she's under stress. We got to hold on to all those fat calories coming in. We're going to store them just in case for later, for the rainy day that is never coming, right? So it's a form of self-preservation that backfires on us big time. So a little bit of high intensity, but also coming back to a little bit of low intensity. So we don't value very much, you know, going for a 20 minute walk, you know, not thinking heart rate, breathlessness, or distance that I cover in that time. Because we are not rewarded for that kind of behavior, really. We're so used to how much how many calories does that burn? How much fat does that burn? Right. right? Can and I feel it? Am I hurting the next day because of it? Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we want no pain, no gain. Right? Yeah. We hear that so often. So true. And our body really, if we let it, will be our best friend. I mean, because we want to think this, it doesn't want to carry excess weight any more than we want it there. So if you allow it to release a little cortisol and stress by enjoying some exercise, by balancing the yin and yang, the really hard stuff with short duration with the lighter stuff with short and or medium and longer duration, as long as you love it, because what you're thinking, your cells are listening to that, then your body will naturally release weight when it's experiencing less stress overall. That makes total sense. And are there 
saboteurs in the exercise world that can we should really be mindful of? Or are there warning signs? I mean, clearly I knew my warning signs. I will say that may have been the first time I experienced it, but it wasn't the last. It's happened to me a couple times after and I luckily I know this I know the warning signs and I make adjustments accordingly. And that does mean more yoga. It does mean more hiking. It does mean cutting the workouts down. I know the adjustments that need to be made, but clearly that can be different for everyone. Are there things we should really be? Is it not so much the exercise as it is how we're feeling after or kind of listening to our bodies? Yeah, great point. So a little bit of all of the above, but you gave me a clue while you were talking, right? When you talked about, you know, I would do those workouts at Orange Theory before noon and then in the afternoon I was toast the rest of the day. That's a sign that you're kind of burning yourself out. So if you are not more energized after exercise, and and we all may feel a little tired after exercise, but the mark is about two hours. At that point, you should feel better for having exercise the rest of the day and potentially sleep better at night if you've had the sweet spot of exercise. And if you've done too much or you feel like you could take a nap after exercise, especially immediately or within an hour or two hours, that was too much for you. For the you that is true of right now today, could be the day, could be the phase you're in right now. You need a little bit more recovery, maybe this week or maybe this month. And maybe it will last for a couple of months if you've been leading up to this for a while. But that's a big sign. And another one is if, if you're somebody who tracks heart rate and you're finding during workouts, you can't get your heart rate up. Not that it goes too high, which is seemingly more intuitive, but if you can't get your heart rate up, that's your body trying to protect yourself, but it's a sign you're overtraining and or for a woman in perimenopause and beyond, kind of over adrenalizing, right? You're just throwing yourself into the fire and your body is trying to say, no, 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 don't do this to me. I'm not going there. I can, okay. I love that. That is such great clarity because my gut tells me that, that I'm, I'm one of so many women that you've seen this happen to, that, that my story is probably a very common story that you see with women who come to you. Absolutely. Who am I talking to right here? You know, miss driven, you know, got it all together, does a lot of things, juggles a lot of balls, spins a lot of plates in the air at the same time and does it really well. But, you know, often we drive ourselves so much that, you know, we put other things aside and we say, well, I'll do that. I know that's important. I'll do that later. And, you know, other women with careers and families and lots going on, we don't put ourselves first and do as good a job with self-care as we may do with other things in our lives. So for women, even more than men, it's so much more common. And by the time they get to realizing, okay, I'm not going to get energy from exercise the way I used to, that's not going to work. We've already done some damage. So we've got to really back off and give a lot of TLC. The words I use are restore before more. So you can't, if you've dug yourself in a hole, start exercising and expect that you're going to fill that hole up because you're writing checks on an account that doesn't have anything in it right now. That's so true. And when you're talking about restore before you do more of it, how long, you know, should someone be looking at that? You know, what is the average? Let's say someone's like, okay, I am seeing myself here. 
I'm recognizing that I have gotten myself into this kind of this jam where I am burning myself out. I am exhausted after working out. I'm not seeing results I want. And I need to start reevaluating how I exercise at least for a moment. Are we looking at 90 days? Are we looking at 60 days? And I know every woman is very different, but I feel like sometimes women need permission to say, okay, I need to let, let off this for at least a month or two until I recenter. Tough questions. Probably the hardest one you're going to ask me all day. <laughs> so just like you said, every woman is different. So what I would say is take it one week at a time, you know, because I'm guessing anyone out there who's like you, who likes exercise, who likes to be competitive, who's, who's going to nail it, right? It's, it's hard to back off and it's hard to see, are you kidding me for 90 days? Only do this. So let's do one week at a time. For women who will go through a program with me and do that, if that's what they need, let's say that's the quote-unquote medication they need right now, and they're feeling better, it may not take a lot to convince you to let's give yourself a second week and let's see how a little less exercise that second week feels. And when you start sleeping better and realize that, oh my gosh, I have so much more focus and energy, the brain fog is starting to release a little bit. It doesn't take anyone convincing you to do that. You will do it for yourself. And for some women, it will take 90 days. I talked with a woman not long ago who's, who's into years of backing off compared to where she was. Now, she was someone doing endurance triathlon, and I'm talking the really long stuff. And she had ignored her needs for a long time because of the competitive athlete in her. So she'd really dug herself deep. So the counter effect, she's going to have to recover for a lot longer period of time. That doesn't mean to say that you can't reintroduce little bits of high intensity exercise and little bits of strength training that's focused because we want you to learn how to bring back cortisol and use it appropriately. And you'll feel better doing those short bits even within a month or two, no matter who you are. But it's how much do we bring back and how soon do we bring back? That's like your thumbprint. It's mm, unique. That makes sense. I know for me, when I had backed off a lot of those, it was integrating the restorative work that you talked about. I didn't necessarily give up strength training altogether. I knew how important strength training was for metabolic stability, metabolic flexibility. and I didn't want to give that up, but I wasn't doing crazy burpees. I, mean, I have a, I think the ultimate burpee where, you know, you use weights at the same time. I wasn't doing ultimate burpees anymore for quite some time. And I wasn't racing and sprinting on machines like I used to. I was, but I was still, I mean, I could still lift weights. So I guess it really just depends. And I know that's oftentimes a question, you know, a lot of my listeners not all of my listeners are working out or exercising at this moment. Maybe it was at the time, you know, growing up, it, that just wasn't the thing that they did. And I know you say any time is a good time. Like today is a good day to get started. And what does it look like for someone who is in so perimenopause? And let's just define perimenopause. Let's just say 35 to say 35 to 50. Let's just say there's a 15 year gap there where anyone can kind of be in that state for perimenopause versus menopause or postmenopause. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So this is where we open up the door of hope right here. So we were talking strength training in particular. 
for the first four weeks of beginning a traditional strength training program, and let me define that, that's using eight to 10 different exercises, focusing on eight to 10 different muscle groups, using that two or three times a week. So we might have you do that Monday, Wednesday, Friday. The closer to 50 and over you are, I'd actually have you do twice a week, not because you're less able or capable. It's because the recovery time is much more important. And if you are threatened by adrenal fatigue, you're, you're feeling like that might be me or you know that's you, I would say twice a week is more optimal. Allow yourself the recovery days between, so maybe a Monday and Thursday, a better option. But back to the results. So within about four weeks, when you start, there's nothing like being a virgin weight trainer. It's really exciting, actually. You lose about four pounds of fat. You gain about three pounds of lean muscle mass. So are you doing math with me? If you're stepping on the scale, looking at your toes, that's one pound of loss, right? Not good if you tell the scale, tell me how happy I am today. But what you are going to like is the way your clothes fit. You're going to start feeling better, carrying yourself better, and have more energy within that month. So it's going to be a whole lot less important what the scale tells you because you're going to feel so much better. And you can expect those changes to happen for the first three months of beginning an exercise program that involves weight training. That means then, if you're doing math with me still, hang in there, it's a loss of 12 pounds of fat and a gain of 9 pounds of lean. So again, the scale still hasn't changed a lot, but what we'll have is your percent body fat will have gone down. The amount of lean percent you have has gone up. That means your clothes fit very differently than they did. And probably your proportions have changed, meaning you once again have a little bit more waistline than you had. You have some of that hourglass shape back. And that is if you want to change your body's shape and proportion, strength training is the only way to do it. Cardiovascular training may help you lose some weight, but you're going to be the same shape you started as, sister. Mm, that makes complete sense. Now, can you just very briefly, because I know we have so much more to cover, but can you talk about those areas, those, those muscle groups that we should be thinking about when it comes to strength training? Absolutely. So the big ones, the big ones are your best friend. So one of the most common mistakes I see is women want to learn, work on toned arms and they want your arms. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And, and I want JJ's arms, right? And the problem with diving right into arm exercises is those are smaller muscle groups that won't get you results as quickly, even in the arms, as if you focus on major muscle groups first. You want to elevate your overall body's metabolism. And if you do that, your body does not discriminate. It doesn't isolate. So you'll lose fat all over, showing that pretty muscle underneath a lot faster if you focus on the chest, the big muscles in the chest, using muscles like a chest press or using push-ups or using the back muscles, big muscles in the back that would be used in a bent-over row or a lat pull-down or a renegade row for those of you who are doing free weights on the floor, and then lower bodies. So you never want to skip lower bodies. So depending on how your knees like exercise, you can do squats and or lunges. Those are my favorite. If your knees say no to that, you can still do major muscle group work by doing 
bridge using, say, feet up on a ball, lifting your hips up and down, using hamstring curls in the same way. And that way you're able to do low stress on the knee, but high stress to those muscles so that they will respond. Those are your biggest ones. And I said earlier, do eight to 10 exercises, but if you're in a jam, there's no excuse for not having enough time because you can use three of those exercises, say a squat, bent over row, and a chest press. Repeat them three times. And in about 10 minutes with three exercises, you've used a lot of major muscle groups, all 10 of them, because you have the supplementary muscle groups doing an assist. And so consistency is not so hard. You can do it. You're absolutely right. And you make it so simple for us. And I want to just go back to the kind of the big aha moment was that strength training is going to get you the curves, get you the body shape that you are looking for. And I think a lot of people need to hear that or want to hear that because you're absolutely right. I've seen so many runners over the years, a lot of people running and not necessarily the shape of their body shifting because they're not working those muscles. Exactly. And if you want a quick way to help your running, get stronger. A lot of older runners, and I I mean older than 40 or 50 or 60, will find that they lament that they're slowing down, even though they're still running. And part of that is a loss of muscle mass. So if you want a quick way to improve your running form, your technique, and your speed, strength training is a great way to do it. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So then let's, now we know we've got some strength training that we need to work on and you're making it so simple, even with the 10 minutes. Let's talk about those. I mean, how often are you coming across and meeting women who, you know, they get started, but they struggle keeping going. What are some tips and tricks to ensure that people are consistent with exercise? I feel like this is where people fall off. I find that more people are able to eat consistently the right way than they are to move their bodies. (laughs) Okay. That's where we may differ, but (laughs) so here's my answer to that. Hold yourself accountable. Put yourself on the hook. You know, and I think so many of us look for, you know, how do we get off the hook? I don't want to have another appointment, but it is really all about staying accountable. We need a check-in, whether that is a coach, a personal trainer is a program. I would say some way, shape, or form, you've got to invest in yourself in a way that will will hurt, whether that's because of you're emotionally letting somebody down or you've paid for a session and if you don't show up, you lose it. And know you're doing that at the beginning. There's nothing wrong with that. But most of us need that kind of a push to do something good for ourselves. So sign up, give yourself a In four weeks, I've got a race. I'm at the starting line or I've got a family vacation and I want to go on the hike, not be sitting at the bottom of the hill waiting for everybody to come back from the hike. And that little bit of pressure and a deadline gives you urgency. So if you set a goal and it's six months away, you don't really have to go work out tomorrow, right? You can skip. But if you have something on the calendar in four weeks or in three weeks, then today's workout gets really important. And we all need a little bit of that in our lives. So have a goal, have some level of accountability, right? That we can, we can level into something that's, you know, a friend or a buddy, but then have a program, something that we can follow or a coach that can kind of keep us on the right track. Those would be the big ones. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and I think the other, you pointed directly to this, 
the reason people will tell me, you know, I'm not motivated. How do I get motivated? I don't believe that for a minute. Nobody I talk to is lazy. I mean, are you kidding? Look at all the things we juggle and do, especially any woman today. But what I think we do is we lose our motivation because we're not sure of the routine or the plan or maybe don't have one. So we can't connect from where we are to where we want to be and say, if I do this, I'm going closer to where I want to be. So get a plan or a coach that you trust and you can believe in and then commit to it. So it's a lot like a marriage. I mean, not every day does it go really smoothly, but because you're committed, you stay in it and you make it work. So even I am not motivated every day, but I'm committed to doing it because I know how much I benefit when I do it regularly and I find the time to do it. So it's a big difference between motivation and commitment. And you got to have that plan. Know that it's going to work. I'm so grateful that you mentioned motivation. I think that's what I meant. I think people, I find, this is just my listeners, that they're more motivated to change the way that they eat, maybe because it feels simpler than they are to go and work out every day. I think it's the one thing that they feel they can kind of let go. And because I think you're absolutely right. They just don't know what the result's going to be. They can't see the result at the end of the tunnel. And when you have someone guiding you through that process, which this is exactly what you do, and we're going to get to that in just a second, you can see those changes. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel because you've got someone guiding you through that process. Exactly. Now you have some hormone balancing rules to live by. I am so excited to hear this because I'm always interested on how we can not only support our hormones, but I'm always looking for those big levers, like what we can do to create that balance in our bodies. What are they, girl? Let me give you a few of my favorites. So when we talked about earlier, number one is restore before more. So you got to check that box. You know, are you feeling fresh, good, and you ready to dive in? Or, you know, be truthful. Are you somebody who could say, you know, I am tired all the time. You know, restore before more. Know your needs. That's a great one. I love that. We talked about that a little bit earlier, too. Exactly. And when we talk about adrenal fatigue and everybody's talking about that today, do I have that? Should I, should I be talking about that? We really need to look there. So as women in midlife, it's easy to confuse just being overwrought with a schedule and, you know, signs of fatigue that we have accepted as normal you know, which might actually be adrenal fatigue starting. So take a good look at that one. And right hand in hand with that is deep sleep. Get deep sleep. And I know somebody out there is saying, yeah, that'd be nice. I'd love that. <laughs> but I want to point out you are in control. So if sleep is something you need and you're not getting quality or quantity of sleep, everything you do and choose can point back to making that sleep more quality and quantity. And that, by that, I mean your exercise choices, the type and the timing you do, and the food choices, the type and the timing that you do, and how you start preparing for bed and how you get out of bed in the morning. All day, you've got choices that start from the moment you wake that will help you get better sleep tonight. And we need the hormones that get rebalanced at night to be there for that exercise 
to actually give us the results we want. You are so correct there. So deep, restful sleep, restore before more. Those are so great. We're paying attention to our adrenals. We're paying attention to how our hormones are functioning. I think that those are great tips because you're right. If you're exhausted, you don't want to move your body. No way. So I love that. Now you have an amazing, I'm so happy when I saw the lovely gift that you had for us, I was so excited. I was actually going to request it, but I wasn't sure. And that is your hot, not bothered program. Tell me a little bit about, I know, I know a little enough to want it. Tell me a little bit about it. (laughs) The hot, not bothered book is my newest publication. So it's 99 flips so that you can be slimmer, trimmer, fitter, faster to master the metabolism in perimenopause, menopause, and long after menopause. And here's the thing I want everybody listener to really pay attention to. If you take one thing away, know this, just 39% of all exercise and sports medicine research features female subjects. So if you and I were generous and said, all right, half of that, So we're talking maybe 20% features women in perimenopause and beyond. That's not very much. That means one out of five times a program is built for you. So it's really important when you hear a new study about this new exercise trend is what you should be doing. We're going to hear a lot about that in the, the end of any year, the beginning of a new year. We're hearing this is the hottest new exercise trend. And you're going to think, should I do that? The question to ask is, was the research done on a woman just like me or not? And every tip in this book is built only on women in perimenopause and menopause as the subjects. That is so important. And I'm glad that you're shedding light on that. You know, we do see all these fitness trends and we think that they're applicable to us, but they're not. They're not even necessarily even working with women in some of these instances. Right. You know, the easiest subjects to use for researchers, you know, and I'm not throwing them under the bus. We need them, right? (laughs) But there are 20 year old males who are fit because they're the least risk and there's the least amount of variability. The reason researchers say we don't use women in perimenopause is because our hormones, our metabolism, our socialization, our body composition is so different. And the point is exactly, exactly why we need research on us. I love it. And where else can we find you? I know that you have so many great videos and resources on YouTube. Tell us a little bit about where else we can find you, my dear. You can find me at flipping50.com and that's all words spelled out, no spaces. And then everywhere else on social, I'm at flipping50 with a five zero TV. And we use Instagram. Like you said, I love YouTube, love sharing little bits and pieces so you can improve your workout today. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Deborah Honey, for coming in and shedding light on how we can really take care of our bodies at this age and how we can really get the results that we want. Now, you guys go and grab the Hot Not Bothered. It's going to be in the show notes, super easy to find and follow Deborah all over social. Deborah, thank you so much again. Thanks for having me. Great to talk to you, girl. I am so happy that I brought Deborah on the show today. She has transformed so many women's lives by showing them how to move their body in alignment with their hormone changes. Deborah's program, Hot Not Bothered, is 100% worth checking out. And all you gotta do in order to grab it is just head on over to the show notes or my website and grab the Hot Not Bothered 
99 flips to slimmer, trimmer, fitter, faster so that you can master metabolism before, during, and long after menopause. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. On this next episode, this coming Friday, I am bringing on Brody Welch. Brody Welch is a fellow self-care specialist and she is gonna be sharing with us literally how we can get back on track with our bodies and how we can leverage the power of some of her best techniques to create self-care every single day. So join me for the next episode as Brody Welch shares her amazing brilliance. Until then, have a wonderful day.